Which cryptids have telekinetic abilities? Is it possible for the average person to go Super Saiyan? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life. Hey! Welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday we investigate a different paranormal case, tale, claim, and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. As always, you're joined by... Two professional paranormal investigators, myself, Mr. Kit Grimalvena, this guy, Mr. Roy Powers. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing great. And look, I, I hate to, you know, slow us down already from the get-go. Whoa. But uh, the big question, can a regular person become a Super Saiyan? Yes. Unfortunately, Saiyan is a type of person. So unless you are a Saiyan, you would not be able to achieve Super Saiyan. It's like asking if a human could go Super Turtle. Merely a turtle could go super turtle. That would make sense because I did watch a video on YouTube. Maybe you've seen it of a young young boy trying to go Super Saiyan on YouTube. Yeah. I recommend people check that one out because he gives it a fair effort. He yeah. gives yeah. it a well, good well, swing. Well, in my defense, I didn't work it out by then. All right. I never connected the two. Yeah. You're, well, you're the boy. I am the boy. And I actually, I tried pretty hard to go Super Saiyan and grim reality slapped me on the face. It could be that just you couldn't go Super Saiyan. It could still be that uh, others, that even I could go Super Saiyan. Well, we I haven't given it a try yet, so who knows? <laughs> I think if anyone's going to go Super Saiyan, it's going to be me. Uh, I have the heart I have of a warrior. Right. Don't have the hair, though. You watch it. You watch your goddamn mouth. Please take, take your hand off my throat. It's not, it's not very Super Saiyan. <laughs> I started you. screaming. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> But we digress, we're not here to talk about going Super Saiyan uh, exactly today. We have, as usual, a brand new paranormal investigation for you. So let's dive right in. The year, Rory, is 1973. It's November, and we're at BBC headquarters in London. BBC Radio 2, Jimmy Young. Beloved radio host Jimmy Young is interviewing a young man, only in his 20s, Rumored to possess paranormal abilities. Hmm. Welcome, everyone. So we'll be talking about the ongoing ambulance strikes and a record low unemployment rate in the UK. But first, I'm joined by Mr. Uri Geller. Hello, Uri. Hello, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Now, many of you might not have heard of Uri, but Uri is a psychic from Tel Aviv. Uri, I understand that you've been able to use your psychic abilities to move objects with your mind. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Uh, yes, that's right, amongst other things. That is something. We've heard that you are able to bend metal objects like keys or nails just by touching them lightly, and even start up a broken clock. When did you first realize you could do these things? Oh, I have really always known about these things. Ever since my first years at school, I, I would surprise my family, friends and teachers, even myself, by bending and moving things. Really, I, I am as surprised as anyone when it happens. If you don't mind, Uri, could you demonstrate for me? I'll tell you what. I have a key here. My own house key, in fact. Could you try to bend that? Uh, sure, okay. Uri took hold of the key and began focusing on it very intently. And can I just say, for anyone at home, if there are any broken watches in your house, please concentrate on them and try and make them work. Just take them in your hand and concentrate on them. So Uri is now concentrating on the key, just rubbing it very gently. And good lord! It's bending right in front of me! I, I can't believe it! He had done it. Right there in the studio, on command, Uri Geller had bent Jimmy Young's house key. 
and they even had this photo taken right afterwards as evidence. Wow, it's all there in the photo, guys. Not a huge bend, but definitely bent. Definitely bent. I mean, to the point where Jimmy Young uh, notoriously went home that night after the broadcast and was unable to get into his house, uh, <laughs> supposedly had to climb through his own like first floor window. The police were passing by. They stopped. They were like, where are you going, sir? Uh, and he has to explain that a psychic bent my house key out of shape. He was arrested on, on the, the spot. spot. I thought you were going to say, famously that night, uh, Young went home and tore up all the Bibles in his house, <laughs> <laughs> claiming that his whole existence was a lie. So, or you're saying you're a Satanist of some kind. No, no, I never said Satanist. I'll praise the Dark Lord right here and now if I can bend some keys. <laughs> so as the amazed Jimmy continued to interview Uri, Uri felt relaxed and confident, having just blown everyone's mind in the studio. Although he became worried as soon as he noticed people running around frantically in the background. First one person, then several, running around carrying sheets of paper. It was then that a producer burst through the studio door. <sighs> it's the switchboards. They're lit up like a Christmas tree. We have hundreds of calls coming in from all over. The callers, who had been listening live, were claiming that in their home, as they listened to the radio interview with Uri, nails, forks, spoons, and knives spontaneously started bending out of shape in front of their eyes. Whoa. A lady from Harrow reported that she was stirring soup when suddenly the ladle started bending backwards. <laughs> A girl in the Surrey stared in disbelief at her wrist as her own bracelet buckled and bent before her very eyes. A police constable said that several knives and spoons had curled up in his kitchen. A jeweler called to say that half the pieces on a tray of cutlery bent. A watchmaker claimed that his tweezers had done the very same. There were even reports of watches and clocks starting up that hadn't run for years. Wow, just like he said. Just like he said. In trying to explain this bizarre phenomenon years later, Uri would say, I had half expected this to happen. I thought that if people really wanted things to happen in their homes and really concentrate, I could trigger it because what I do could serve to release the same energy in other people. But I was still astounded that so many calls had come in from so many places. It's kind of irresponsible. If you, <laughs> if you were like, yeah, I kind of figured this would happen. It's like a you, Boeing 737 <laughs> bent in the sky and then come tumbled to the ground. The Toyota of a family of four bent 90 degrees, separating fathers from children. It's like the Golden Gate Bridge itself <laughs> did a loop the loop. It was like a level from f***ing Sonic Green Zone. <laughs> Have you seen Inception? The world just folded in on itself. Yeah, I mean, if you had half an idea that, that might happen, it's a bit like the scientists at CERN. You shouldn't be rolling the dice with these things. Exactly. And then what happens? Do they, do they have to bring him back in and be like, can you unfold it? That I cannot do. <laughs> I can only bend further. Rory, right off the bat, have you ever heard of such a thing? No, never in my entire life. Except for uh, in the uh, popular movie, The Matrix, where um, yes. uh, Neo has to learn uh, not only how to bend a spoon, but to realize that there is no spoon. Should we find that exact dialogue? I, I want to know what the, they say in The Matrix. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the message behind it is that uh, it, it, it's him understanding that The Matrix isn't real. It doesn't exist. You can bend it because it's not a real object. 
uh, which obviously as a kid I did not grasp. I was like, got it, he's magic. Got it. I put the f***ing Ethernet port in my neck and I can bend spoons. And I'm, I'm Superman. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there with an XLR cable taped to the back of my head trying <laughs> to bend a wooden spoon. The bitch won't bend. I don't have any metal ones. No, Kate, you don't understand. He's not magic. He's just in the Matrix. I just saw the mother fly and stop bullets with his pinkies yeah i'm pretty sure he's a wizard i think we've covered surprisingly little telekinetic abilities mm -hmm. here in this paranormal life and yes it is partially out of envy but um <laughs> you know we're here today as the bigger men willing to learn and willing to investigate but you see if i don't learn anything if you rat card telekinetic uh mutants keep that sweet sweet ability to yourself yeah. After this episode of investigation, I'm going to be mad. Yeah. I'm going to blacklist telekinetic uh, investigations from now on. And you know, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if it's 40 years. If I have to go up into the, to the mountains and study the ancient arts to be able to bend this spoon, that's fine. I would prefer a podcast, though. If you could put the yeah. information in a podcast, I'd rather not. I, I, I'm not like a great hiker. I don't well, really like hiking. Well, don't like, don't draw it out. That's the worst case scenario. If it could be like a weekend thing. Yeah. Sure. That would be obviously better. Honestly, like a midweek after, like after work kind of thing, that would be ideal. If I could just swing by, swing by at like a training center and just yeah. like, like a one hour kind of little workshop. A Zoom chat. Let's Zoom yeah, chat. Yeah, why leave the house? Actually. I got spoons. You, you got your mind. Just, yeah, just zoom. We'll do it over Zoom. That works out best. They bend your laptop. No, oh, wait. <laughs> you learn the telekinetic abilities, but you can only bend the things that you love. <laughs> The worst superpower of all time. Loved ones, uh, expensive uh, equipment that you own, such as your phone, TV. That's when you try and bend your ex-wife and it doesn't happen <laughs> and you're like, my God, there was no love here. This was the first real taste the world had got of Uri Geller's mind-bending and key-bending psychic abilities. It was the first steps in a controversial paranormal career that would span decades turning Uri into one of the most famous people on Earth. Uri left the BBC studios that night and returned to his hotel room in Hyde Park. There were already reporters waiting for us. Media outlets representing countries from all over the world. They wanted to know how he did it and wanted to see him replicate his abilities for themselves. You might be slightly uh, sensing where this story goes in the long term by the fact that that would never happen today. Yeah. CNN aren't interested. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not going to happen. The Guardian aren't going to write an article on it. There's definitely a higher bar for evidence these days. But I appreciate that back then, they were willing to go on the line and investigate a, 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 a paranormal psychic. Back in these days, you have a reporter from every mainstream outlet and also probably the chief of police and head of FBI in your room asking you to bend a nine millimeter in front of them, <laughs> seeing if they can weaponize you. Turn the gun back on me. <laughs> bend the barrel. Some real Magneto shit. They want Magneto flying over Afghanistan, <laughs> bending the Taliban's weapons back on them. I mean, for Christ's sake, by the time Uri left the hotel room the next day, he was seeing newspaper headlines in the stands reading, Uri puts Britain in a twist. This story was everywhere. The thing was, Uri wasn't even that surprised. Just a few months previously, he had performed the same demonstration on a radio show in Texas. He felt the interview had gone well, the same as with Jimmy Young, but was still surprised to receive a letter a few days later. 
It was addressed from the Texas Attorney General's office. Three employees there had signed a letter to say they were listening in on the radio broadcast and just for fun, they thought, let's put some metal objects here on the table and we'll all sit around and concentrate on it. Not a lot going on, obviously, in the Attorney General's office that day. Right. Uh, and that's what happens when you got the death penalty. There's not a lot of like <laughs> paperwork. You just, everyone gets sent on. To their amazement, they watched as a spoon handle bent 45 degrees, a door key snapped in half, and a paper clip straight up disappeared. Wait, what? I'm starting to think that the paper clip might have fell off the table. <laughs> I don't see why bending it would have made it disappear. Yeah, that paper clip had an agenda. It's not just bending, it straight up left the universe. That's insane. Yeah. So these people are like magic simply by association. Yeah. Like he said, this is something we haven't talked about in the show before, but simply by proxy, by hearing Uri do it firsthand and by concentrating their own minds, it's as if a signal went through the radio waves out into the nation and then was magnified by people's consciousness and they were able to ban the objects in their own home. You know, we do see a little bit of this uh, in the world of the paranormal. Take mediums, for example. You Mm. know, people who specialize in communicating with ghosts and spirits, they get a whole bunch of nobodies into their little den and they go, hey, I'm a pro at this. If we all hold hands... Uh, you normies will be able to hear and and be able to detect the signals from spirits for the afterlife. Yeah. You know, that sort of like connection that people can have, uh, people who claim to have special abilities, being able to transmit them to regular Joes. It's a very, very interesting premise and something that, like I say, if we can learn this shit, we can market this at a high value. I'll give you a high five and then you can bend shit. That sounds like, that's a pretty lucrative offer. Yeah. So whilst Uri had a little foreshadowing of what might happen in the UK. Still, how was he to know that it would have the huge impact it did after Jimmy Young's show? After these radio appearances, 1973 and 1974 would become busy years for Uri, with countless primetime television interviews in the UK and US. On each, the format would be simple. Go out there, smile and wave, demonstrate your psychic abilities on camera for the millions of people tuning in at home and, I don't know, cash the check. This was easy for Uri. Uri would describe hidden drawings using telekinesis, make clocks run faster or slower at will, and most famously of all, bend metal spoons on live TV. If this was if this was a movie, you know, Yuri would be... Uh, being hounded by the press and they kind of like chase him into a restaurant and they're all like yuri yuri over here yuri yuri please let me see what it goes he's like please please everyone back away from me yuri yuri over here you go that's enough and every spoon and fork in the restaurant would like "Ah," curl up like a witch's toe and then he's like i didn't want to have to do that and the, the newspapers the next day would be like mutant freak in, <laughs> yeah. endangers entire country. And as he's reading it alone in his apartment, all he hears from the shadows is. And Sam Jackson appears out of the shadows and he of goes, course. very interesting. The man who can bend everything except human will to like him. What do you want? I'm putting together a team, Yuri. A team of gifted freaks who can bend everything. You think you can just run around bending stuff? Thinking the people would leave you alone? No, we stay in the shadows. Humans will not understand our kind. Anytime he leaves the house after that, he's in the baseball cap and sunglasses. Yeah, gotta lay low. Gotta lay low after the restaurant gate. 
putting together a team. You bend spoons. Lisa bends food. <laughs> George, he bends books. It's almost completely useless. And Dave is immortal. Wow, what? He can't die? Yeah, we he was like the first one we got in. Uh, we thought it was going to be pretty much all at his level, but um, it's been mainly b- benders since that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still more useless than the average police squad at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. You're probably not going to see a lot of action because we just send in Dave and that son of a bitch can't die. He can pretty much solve every problem. But there will come a day when a weapon needs to be bent at a slight angle to miss the earth. And then we'll, we might send Dave. We might actually send Dave because he could probably just uh, just walk into the control room, yeah. soak up a thousand bullets and, uh, and reprogram the thing. Because so, he's also a genius. Yeah. He's a genius as well. He's not strong, but with the immortal thing and the genius thing, he, he gets the results in the end. Yeah. So, so you're saying you need me because he's weak. He is pretty strong. He is pretty strong. Oh, stronger than you, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're weak as all shit. He could bend you in half, like a second. He could actually bend humans. You don't need a bender. <laughs> he can bend humans, I said. He can't bend metal. He hasn't tried, though. He probably could. Probably He's strong could. as shit. You've never yeah. asked. We're scared of him, actually. I'll text him right now, and then you don't You don't even have to come if he says yes. Oh, he got, he got back. He can't. Sorry that. to waste your time, bro. I love that. We don't actually know uh, all of his capabilities, because we're actually kind of afraid of him. <laughs> Uh, we don't talk to him much. We, you don't want to poke a bear that can't die. <laughs> we actually need you to bend his neck to the point where he can't come back to life. Because he's being a little villainous lately. We're starting a new team, I said. The old team is f***ed. That's right. Uri would perform all these incredible psychic feats on live television. And he claimed, crucially, that he achieved these feats through willpower and strength of mind alone. But Rory... As much as everyone loved these displays of clear psychic ability, Uri had a dark secret in his past. A nugget of information which he didn't want people to know. He wasn't just a psychic. He was also a magician. That's right, a dirty, run-of-the-mill, pick-a-card-any-card type of pull-a-rabbit-out-of-a-hat asshole. Needless to say, this f***ed with his image of being a genuine paranormal psychic massively. That's like trying to say that you're a policeman after leading a life of non-stop crime. Exactly, yeah. You can't get away with that kind of thing. You can't say you've been faking it all these years and then say you're suddenly the real deal. That's true. So, in his 1975 book, My Story, Uri came clean, saying, Look, yes, in the past, I might have used a mixture of traditional magic tricks, sleight of hand, misdirection and suggestion, some real Darren Brown type shit mixed in with the psychic abilities just to make a bigger and better show for people but i don't engage in that anymore now i'm going 100 percent psychic if you if you have psychic abilities you shouldn't still need the tricks to get people on board the psychic ability is the show that's incredible that's like saying like sure yeah i can fly but i gotta warm up the crowd a little bit by doing the hoop thing I don't know. I kind of see this line of thought because how do you get, how do you even get into trying to bend stuff with your mind? How do you get into trying to like use the very 110% limit of your human consciousness to bend material reality? Other than if you're already trying to like manifest tricks, uh, you know, pull rabbits out of hats and do amazing uh, feats of uh, misdirection. Yeah, I got to say, you know, I mean, we're self-quarantining. We're in lockdown. Uh, 
got a little more free time lately yeah. and I still haven't tried to sit down and bend things with my <laughs> mind yet. So you are right. I mean, that is the line of work that would lead you down that path for sure. But it does it does muddy your uh, your claims. It certainly muddies it. And the fact that Yuri used to be a magician wasn't the only piece of his story that was muddy and confusing. In fact, the more you read about him, the more it seems like throughout his life, his story has changed to suit him at different times. For example, in 1974, like in the interview with Jimmy Young, Yuri is claiming that he was just always able to move things with his mind. As a kid, he would do it in school, surprising everyone around him, including himself. Problem is, the man who gave Uri his start, Andrija Puaric, a Croatian-American doctor and parapsychologist who actually first endorsed Uri as a true psychic in 1971, says that he hypnotized Uri. And while under hypnosis, Uri claimed he had been sent to Earth by extraterrestrials using a spaceship from a planet 53,000 light years away and that his psychic abilities are because he's an extraterrestrial. Okay, wow, that, that's really ramping up here. Long story short, he was on Jimmy Young on the BBC. He was giving everyone the Clark Kent story. Yeah. Yeah, I've always been a little strong for my age, sure. Yeah. And then under hypnosis, he's given the Superman story. I'm from another planet. My abilities are normal for my planet. Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that is the case with Superman, right? He's only a god compared to humans, like pretty much on his home planet of Krypton. Kryp- Krypton, am I right? Yeah, why yeah, not? Why, <laughs> why not? Uh, they're, they're all pretty good. They're I, all pretty beefy. I seem to remember... Although uh, if they're all on Krypton, isn't that the shit that makes them all weak? Maybe that's it. Maybe because he got blasted off of Krypton, he became a god again. That's a really good point. I don't know. Uh, People I, are probably going to tell I us. do know the strength thing is because the gravity on Krypton was like 10 times higher than Earth. Okay. So whenever he gets to Earth, he suddenly he's got hops. Yeah. He can like dunk from half court. He was like two inches. Everyone's like two inches high on Krypton. Yeah. But yeah. he grew to like 6'4". four. <laughs> So needless to say, when this came out in the media, people wanted to know what was real. Yuri, there's been some crazy stuff in the news saying that you're from outer space. Do you really believe this stuff? Which story is true? <laughs> no, no, no. There's, there's really no space fantasy. To be clear, I'm not from outer space. My powers are, are just manifested through force of will, through harnessing the power of the mind. Although I will say there is a slight possibility that some of my energies do have extraterrestrial connections. Right, so you so you did say that there are extraterrestrial connections to your powers. No, no, like I said, I, w- I was a kid, I could just, you know, I would just I I would bend the spoon in in my lunchbox. Of course. Nothing more than that. However, I have always felt a kinship with, right, now, with now, here aliens. Yeah, here, there we go. Now there's the alien thing. Well, I just, I just said that I think they're cool. That's all. All right. <sighs> Jesus Christ. We're, we're going to break this down, Yuri. All right. Age okay, two. Sure. Age two. Tell me about yes. age two. Well, I, I don't really remember much on account of being fifty-three thousand light. All right. On see, account of. <laughs> Now, now, now you're, you're taking you're... words out of my mouth. I didn't say that. <laughs> whatever you're going to no. say is, that's off of Earth, Yuri. I, I, I don't... But you you I don't use remember... light years as a measurement. Right, but that's because I'm from Israel. It's, it's 53,000 meters away, probably. 
I meant to say meters, not light years. Okay. Year of number four? Four. Oh, I spent most of that year living on the cloud moons of Te- All right, so, so, Tel Aviv. Okay, well, Tel Aviv, Israel. The cloud moons. Yes. Of Tel Aviv. It, it's a it's a kindergarten in Tel Aviv, Israel. Age six, Yori. By that time, I was personal psychic to Overlord Zonktar. <laughs> okay. All right, Yori. Look, ages two and four are irrelevant now, aren't they? Because you're the private psychic to Lord Zonktar. Right, I, but so who sure, doesn't but live in Tel Aviv? Z- oh, Zongtar absolutely lives in Tel Aviv. Let, let me let me set the record straight. Overlo- that's just that's just a nickname we give him. He he was the principal of the kindergarten. All right, I've, I've had enough of this. I'm going to call the police. Oh, my phone! It's bending. Put it down, Gregory. <laughs> Is there a problem? Not now, Zongtar. Do you want me to melt his brains? No, not again. <laughs> Not another one. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Okay, so we went slightly off script there, but... Uri genuinely said in interview, there is a slight possibility my energies are extraterrestrial. Okay. Then, in 2007, in an interview with a German newspaper, he seemed to set the record straight, saying, Look, I no longer say that I have supernatural powers. I'm an entertainer. I want to do a good show. Kids, forget the paranormal. Forget spoon bending. Instead of that, focus on school. Go to university, never smoke, and never touch drugs. However, then in 2008, while filming the German TV show, The Next Uri Geller, he stated directly into the camera that he does not have any supernatural powers before winking straight into the camera. Okay, with pupilless eyes, by the way. <laughs> this is this is the boy who cried wolf, <laughs> claiming there's a wolf getting eaten by the wolf sure. and then saying on TV that he's the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> this is so confusing. He is bending spoons. He is bending the truth. He's bending his own history, his own life. I. It's, it's going to be very hard to take anything this person says seriously anymore once they've lied this much. He seems to completely tailor his life story for whoever he happens to be speaking to at that very moment. Yeah. And backtracking even further, when just last year he wrote a letter to Theresa May, allegedly, saying, I will telepathically stop you from leading Britain out of the European Union. And believe me, I am capable of executing it. What? what in wh- How? Using psychic abilities. <laughs> he was saying he, he wrote to Theresa May saying he was going to hijack her brain. Who? 
Let him do that. But if there's one group who Uri really pissed off with all this shit talking, it was magicians. They believed he was taking their life's work, their art form, their craft, and turning it into a freak show. Claiming that he was from another planet. Claiming that he's better than mere magicians. Now, personally, when I think of magicians, I think of a bunch of losers, but these guys were (laughs) loud. In 1975, the New York Times even ran the story, magicians term Israeli psychic a fraud. They were trying to drag his name through the dirt. It's got to be tough to be a magician in a world where a wizard shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Because all of a sudden, your abilities are kind of paled in comparison. Sure. You know, because sure, maybe you can pull a rabbit from a hat. Sure, maybe you can, even if you are prestige style, dunking yourself in vats of water and appearing on rafters. Yeah. The wizard, with the most effortless flick of his little Dumbledore wand, will turn a man into milk in front of your very (laughs) eyes. Which is the first thing all wizards go to do. Yeah, of course. It's like lesson 001 at wizard school. Yeah, that's even darker than the dark arts. (laughs) The milky arts, all right? That's in Harry Potter. That's one of the like, uh, what do they call them? The like forbidden spells. You got Avada Kedavra or whatever. The the one that kills people, the torture one. And then you got the milk man. turns a human into to low-fat milk you go lactosis and they just completely explode into uh into a pile of milk but you're quite right the magicians in the era of the wizard they're the horse-drawn cart guys in the era of the tesla yeah learn to code or some shit because it's over believe it or not uri had even bigger trouble than just bad press there was one magician that made it his mission to shut Uri down once and for all. James Randi. It's 1973 and Uri Geller is about to have the biggest night of his life. He is set to appear on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, a primetime show that at its peak was airing live to 19 million Americans. Wow, it's a lot of spoons. <laughs> He's about to f*** up soups and stews around the nation. Uri just had to go there, charm the audience with his usual routine, chat to Johnny, bend a few spoons, and basically bask in the standing ovation from millions of Americans that would follow. And then we have a gentleman you may have seen, you possibly have read about. He's been on television before. His name is Uri Geller. He is known as, or claims to have, psychokinetic powers, and that is the power to affect objects sometimes by moving them, bending them, by lightly touching them, uh, by divining the numbers or the throw of a dice uh, when they're in a box. Uh, Some people have said uh, he's a fraud. A lot of other people have great belief in what he does. But uh, tonight, we hope uh, we're going to have some most interesting experience. uh. Johnny Carson used to be a magician himself. So he was deeply skeptical of the claims Uri was making. You might have even been able to hear that in, in his tone. He was trying to be balanced in the intro, but he's like, hey, Some people think he's a fraud. We're going to have an interesting night. Let's see what happens. I appreciate his open-mindedness. He had even teamed up with none other than magician James Randi to put together a little surprise for Uri. Uri walked out to applause, smiled and waved, shook Johnny's hand and sat down waiting for his first question. But Johnny wasn't interested in interviewing him. Johnny said, hey Uri, here's a table of tests for you. Why don't you give it a go? Hey, I'll try it when I feel up to it, okay? And as Uri leaned in and looked closer at the tests, 
with Johnny Carson to his left, a celebrity guest to his right, and 19 million Americans all across America watching him through the camera lens in front of him, he realized they had swapped out his entire setup. Nothing he had agreed to work on was there. They had replaced everything with different tests. Oh. Uri called Johnny out then and there. He said, hey, this isn't what we agreed. I talked to your people in advance and backstage. We agreed on the tests. I even just bent a, a guy's key backstage like one of your technicians. And so began 22 full minutes of agonizingly slow and awkward TV as Johnny pressed Uri to move things and Uri resisting, saying he felt pressurized and like he had been set up to fail. Is this recorded? Can you watch this? The whole thing is on YouTube. Oh my god, that's painful. Basically Uri trying and failing occasionally to do it, but otherwise kind of just being glum about it and kind of kind of just calling him out and being like hey this isn't what we agreed like i don't know why you think i can do this because we agreed to something different right later uri said i sat there for 22 minutes humiliated i went back to my hotel devastated i was about to pack up the next day and go back to tel aviv i thought that's it i'm destroyed everyone had got what they wanted except uri Johnny Carson got to humiliate the psychic, expose the magic scam artist live on television, and got some fantastic ratings to go with it. James Randi and his League of Magicians had proved Uri's believers wrong. There was now only one explanation. Uri was a fraud. Or was he? Because Rory, over four decades later, only three years ago, in 2017, a piece of information was released to the public that would rewrite Uri's history. A declassified CIA document that contained these words. What? As a result of Geller's success in this experimental period, we consider that he has demonstrated his paranormal perceptual ability in a convincing and unambiguous manner. In 2017, some 12 million pages of internal CIA documents became declassified, crucially including Uri Geller's entire involvement in a little paranormal research project called Stargate. <gasps> but to find out more about this, you're gonna have to tune into the next episode of This Paranormal Life. What? Oh my god. We're just getting started, folks. The spoon is wiggling. It hasn't even bent yet. <laughs> this story is way bigger than spoon bending. I'll tell you that much in advance. He bent a nation at one point. It's just a little hint of what's to come. Is if the CIA are running experiments on this guy. You said earlier about weaponizing this shit. You think they're not trying to weaponize? Anyway, we're, we're going to get into it. Yeah, Yuri's going to be bending stuff. You, you think we're done with a mortal Dave? <laughs> he is stronger than... He just ate the son he just he just went one bit at a time he can't die so if he just goes a bit at a time he can eat the whole thing it might take a long time sure i cannot wait for part two this is huge you know i think a lot of people out there especially some of the older listeners at home they know uri geller he was incredibly famous but what i didn't know going into this was the sheer length of his paranormal career and how weird things got, especially in the last few years since he's been able to talk about his work with the CIA and everything else. So, listen, this telekinesis stuff, this, this, is, this is big paranormal business. I'm very excited. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of This Paranormal Life and you're going to tune in next week to find out what happens next. 
But if you just cannot wait until next week and you need more of this paranormal life in your life, check out patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. This is the way we keep this show running. It is by direct support from you, our listeners. And on Patreon, from five bucks a month, we offer bonus episodes. There's a big backlog. There's a 12 million CIA document. No, there isn't. You have to Google that yourself. But there's a backlog of bonus episodes. For once, you actually don't have to go very far if you want to trial one of these. Because for the first time ever, we have put a an archive bonus episode in the main feed. You might have seen it probably last week. It was the episode about letting humans drink the dark liquid found at the bottom of the sarcophagus. Something we've all thought about, something we've all dreamed about, but now you can live it through the This Paranormal Life bonus episode. So check that out. The link to our Patreon is in the episode description of this episode. That little that little free episode was a drop of blood in the waters filled with sharks. All right. We gave everyone a little taster and now the sharks have woken up. Yeah. All right. But it's what a ha- fiend frenzy. It's, it's like at the end of a James Bond movie where they're dangling him over the fish tank. What are you going to do? What are you going to feed the sharks? There's only one James Bond. Wrong. There are 28 other secret agents. 00123 all the way up to 28. That's right. All these bonus episodes you can get over on patreon.com. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who've supported us on Patreon. Let's go. Thank you so much to Luke Westwood. Luke Westwood has the best wood. That's right. Get yourself down to Luke's Construction. Uh-oh. Bridges, doors, chairs. Chairs in the, sh- in the shape of doors. He's got it all, baby. Get yourself down there and get some of that good wood. I do have one um, little note or complaint. I, I did buy a chair there recently it was just a door he just sent me a, he said it would be a, a chair that looked like a door just a door it was a door flat on the ground you can kind of sit flat on as a like pancake a raft. well i guess he's technically right there thank you to travis spicer travis spicer you you gotta start being a little nicer man because anytime you're walking around the commune and someone's like hey man do you want a beer boom slap it out of their hand Whoa, no you want a that. sandwich boom slap it out of your hand that's crazy it's just a little rude and i think we'd all appreciate it if uh at least just slap the people who deserve it you can still be mean. there's a lot there are a lot of people that deserve it just be mean in the right direction thank you to lance natonski well if it isn't lance ranch natonski you think that he might own a ranch or be a cowboy no no he's a city boy oh he invented ranch the so- the dipping That's sauce right. Mike I owe you a whole lot of gratitude my friend can you imagine the royalties every dip that someone dips <laughs> that's a dollar that's a dollar that's a dollar it's a dab. expensive dip my god thank you for giving us some of your delicious fortune thank you to Ollie Green Ollie Molly Green he's got everything you need you know what it is he's got the green he's got the mollies he's got whatever he's, he's a drug dealer no what Molly and Green, they are puppies. He he, is, he owns a pet shop. What are you talking oh. about? Drugs? You, oh, it's, it's making just, things weird. It was the voice you did as well. It was kind of... <laughs> my, my pet shop owner voice. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty weird. You, oh, you, you, you want a puppy? You want a puppy? No, I don't want You want, want a parakeet? No, I don't want a I've parakeet. I've got some exotic animals out back if you want to see them. <laughs> Why did you wink when you said that? Are they drugs? Because I don't. Are they... <laughs> I was lying. Exotic animals are drugs. <laughs> Thank you to Katie Flowers. If you want a flower, come on down to Katie's Flowers. She's got every type of flower. Big flowers, little flowers, uh, you know, flowers in a bunch, uh, wild flowers, 
uh, indoor flowers. Can, can I get a can I get a bunch of roses? What the f is a rose? So <laughs> I said we got flowers, my friends. Flowers. Right, that's one of the most famous flowers. Well, I don't know all the flowers. We got everything. Just trust me that we got everything. Can I, I don't know what what a rose is. Can I speak is. to Katie, please? I'm Katie. What? <laughs> it's mostly a marketing tool. You know, I give myself a nice a nice name. People find me approachable. My name. You're so aggressive. By my the way. name. You're not you're not approachable. Is Bunt Dudson. You can see why I wouldn't sell a lot of flowers with that kind of name. So I call myself Katie Flowers. Come on, Don. Bunt, you don't have any flowers. I asked for a single rose. Well, I probably... I don't listen. I don't keep track of every flower I have. So I probably have them. Just come, Don. I don't... No, I'm scared of you. All right, you. I don't need your business. <laughs> so I'm Katie Flowers, bitch. I don't need anyone. <laughs> Bankrupt day one. <laughs> Thank you to Maggie Mawson. Did a did a volcano erupt? Because there's a lot of magma over on oh, Patreon. Jesus. Okay. Hey, I don't have a lot to go on here, Maggie. Magma, like Maggie Moss. Anyway, uh, thank you, Maggie. Your your support for us is is red hot. It's burning. It's explosive. It's on like fire. a it's volcano. Dangerous. Yeah, exactly. We we just can't get enough. We're diving in. Thank you too. Squid. Whoa! Wow. Okay. You, that, you cannot say that in not the in, UK. Not in 2020, Year of Luigi. My go good lord. We investigate a lot of creepy things on a paranormal podcast, but but that's 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 pretty. That's a paranormal word. I don't want to investigate it. Thank you to Danielle Rose. And on the third day, Danielle rose from the bread. Whoa. Wait, what? She's a baker. Okay. She didn't die, so she just baked. But it's not know, that impressive. It's a bit like the flowers, but you got it. Listen, you got it. When you, when you want to advertise something these days, you got to get snazzy. You got to get inventive. You know, Danielle rose, rose, rose her boat all the way to the bread factory. I just got an email. She she wants her the money back. She said she's disappointed Fuck with really? the shout out. She said the money was actually for me to do an ad campaign. So it's kind of startling that she's pulling the ad campaign at this point. Thank you to Skelfy. When they're in a picture, it's called taking a Skelfy. Whoa. Every picture of her is a Skelfy. Technically. Technically it is. Yeah. It is. It tried to catch on, tried to be like, hey, why don't we call every picture a Skelfy? They lost a lot of friends through that campaign. It, life's been hard. Every picture is now just the Skelfy because not a lot of other people in frame. It's, it's kind of sad as well because uh, they also just can't afford a, a, a smartphone with the front facing camera. They would love to take selfies. They would love to, but they're sadly stuck with Skelfies. Yeah. Thank you to Angharad Stockwell. Angharad is acing quarantine because they are well stocked. And if things go south, Stockwell can handle a Glockwell. Oh, that's right. They're ready for the apocalypse. That's a little awful. A little tri itchy trigger finger as well. If anyone comes for a tin of beans, as much as one tin of beans, you tried to take a single bean. Ba -ba even some of the bean juice. Ba bam, ba bam. They're blasted. It's like Tomb Raider, dual wielding Glocks. Thank you to Georgie Key. Georgie Porgie Puddin' and Pie bent the keys and made everyone die. Die? Even more powerful than Uri Geller himself. Uh, Georgie is a threat to society. How did they kill someone just by bending a key? Bent up a load of pacemakers. Yeah, pretty <sighs> sad actually. People, you know, anyone who's got a plate in their like knee or hip or something, bent yeah. to shit. It's like, stop kicking yourself. He just bends your leg backwards <laughs> into your own face. He's a bad wizard. Anyone who had a, who had a, who had crutches or walking stick, 
bent. Yeah, it's like bed knobs and broomsticks. That thing is just beating the life out of you. Thank you to Musa Meddings. Come on down to Meddings Beddings. We got it all, folks. Pillows, blankets, mattresses, beds. Ah, oh, sounds like you have it all. Could I, could I get one bed, please? Nope. Sold out, sir. What? Could I interest you in a pillow? Uh, I guess I might as well. If I can't get the bed, I'll get the pillows at least. Yeah. Can I get two pillows, please? Nope. What? One per customer, sir. These are turbulent times. But what, what am I supposed, I'm supposed to get a... Get a my, my fiance to come here and buy a pillow herself? Listen, my boss, Musa, she wants to hold on to everything. I'm not supposed to sell a damn thing. That doesn't make any sense. Why, why did you put what on What are the... you doing out there? Nothing, Musa. Why Nothing. Did, why did you put on the salesman voice? You gotta get out of here while you can. <laughs> Musa's loading a gun. Get off of my store. So you know it's a store. <laughs> Those who go to sleep on these beds do not wake up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Hamish. Hamish is borderline... Famous. Wow. Hamish? A celebrity. Al- almost. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. You know, he's kind of been in the background of a bunch of movies. Not movies you would have heard of, though. And definitely not starring roles. We're talking, like, not even an extra. Like, he was... So he's not famous. Well, he's, or like, what? a little bit. I mean, he... Not even famous. I mean, he, he, had a, he had a hit track, okay? He had, like, a, right? a top ten hit in the radio. Okay. But it was, like... It was all ghost-written. It was like, you know, someone else's name, someone else's beat, someone else's lyrics. You know, he so he's didn't not really... Fa- so he's no not one famous. knows his... No, no one knows his name, of course not. <laughs> okay. But Hamish, you know, I respect the grind. It's hard to be famous. Thank you to Granville Walker. Walker the smooth talker. They say they can talk their way out of any situation. Talk their way into prison in the morning and talk their way out at night. Borderline chatted their way into Guantanamo. <laughs> chatted their way into a bunch of free muffins that's right they serve muffins in guantanamo and then just chatted their way out guantanamo is bad in almost every way that you've heard but there are muffins there are they're pretty good they're not bad thank you to george mcgee georgie porgie pudding and pie called mcgee and made everyone die by being called mcgee yeah no, no, isn't any kind of bender any kind of uh, uh doesn't have any psychokinetic powers of any kind just a killer Wow. He's a trained killer. He's a murderer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you at least enjoy the podcast, which would mean that hopefully we're safe, because if you kill us, no more no podcasts. More podcasts. Yeah. yeah, stands to reason. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Mike Stevenson. Mike Stevenson likes stealing sons. Whoa. That's right. Maybe you've heard the old fable. If <laughs> no, ki- I, I guarantee you I haven't. If kids used to misbehave and disobey their parents. Yeah. Mike Stealing Sons would come down the chimney with his spider legs, wrap the bad little or he's kitties. Or doing a lot of tech, uh, tentacle style movements. Wrap here. the bad little oh. kitties and, and take them away. Is that who this is? I don't want them as a patron. To Cracktown. No, oh, awful. Not a dr- it's not drug related. It's just a town where everything well, is a little it can't destroyed. Be a good, yeah. Destroyed? Yeah, it's, everything's a little cracked. Wow. And everyone smokes meth. Okay, so it is about the drugs. There's drugs involved in the town. You don't want to go there, kids. It's a bad place. You should have known it where the guy with spider legs showed up to take you there. He's not even a guy. He's a spider. Thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone uh, we are yet to shout out. Thank you for hanging in there and being patient. We're getting through our list of patrons. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll be back on Tuesday with part two of this investigation. See you then.